Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. So family, it's good to be together in the house of the Lord. Let me say right up front, I haven't recovered from that worship and I intend not to recover. (laughs) So if you see me crying up here, it's because I was crying the whole time. At the worship night on Thursday, I was also on the floor crying. There's something that happens when we worship. There's something that happens. And for me, this morning was a reminder why we come to the house of the Lord. We come to do business with God. I don't care what the other person thinks. This pastor is crying. I came to do business with God. I don't know about you, but I came to do business with God. And when we leave here, we are able to change the world because we have had encounter, an encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And when the barrage of all the things that are happening in the world happens, you know that greater is He who is in us than the one who is in the world. Amen. Don't get me preaching now. So um, we are studying a sermon series called The Naked Truth. This series is about purity, holiness, and sexuality. In the first service, I mentioned that it is said that this topic, it is so much mentioned and talked about in the world, but it seems like we as the church who have answers tend to shy away from it. So we are not going to shy away from this topic. We're going to tell you what the Bible says. And if you don't like what, you, what we say, take it up with the men upstairs. We are believing the Lord for the following. That will raise up a level of purity and holiness and Christ's character in our midst. Otherwise, we should not call ourselves Christians. Healing of sexual brokenness because we know there's stuff that we've experienced and we need healing from the Lord. We also trust in to equip the saints to reach out and engage people and how to love on people who are different to us. May I say that as a church, we haven't done so well in this area and we're going to talk about it. So today's sermon is on sexual purity And I'll be inviting a panel that's going to share with me the word this morning. And I've left all the difficult questions to our panelists. So watch this space. It's going to go down. The main question we are trying to address, it's on the screen here if you go to the next slide, is the fact that is purity an outdated and irrelevant idea to hold on to? I'm sure that a lot of you, especially the fact that we have youth uh, in the service today, will say, Pastor Sai, we've become lit. Whether you've become lit or not, is purity an outdated thing or it's still biblical? So, in your litness, (laughs) purity is not a transitional state. You don't keep yourselves only when you're single and think that, well, marriage will fix all my purity issues. Because even when you are married, you still have to remain pure. Can I hear amen to that? People think that now that I'm married, I've arrived. Purity is not keeping your virginity so that you can wave a flag and say, I got married as a virgin. You say, Pasai, why do you say that? It's because purity is the purity of the heart. It's the purity of the heart. Purity applies to singles, marrieds, young, old, including pastors. All of us need to be pure. So what do I mean when I say purity of the heart? I mean our thoughts, our actions, and our utterances. I guess I need to make it practically clear. Some people say, well, I've abstained, I've been keeping myself, I haven't slept with anyone. But what are you consuming? What are you exposing your eyes to? What are you watching? What are you taking in? Because that which you take in will also cause impurity in your heart. Purity applies to all of us. It is God who said, be holy for I am holy. So what is the definition of holiness? Holiness means to be set apart for a specific purpose. 
we are set apart. We are sanctified unto God. We are set apart unto God. We cannot be of God and still grapple and live like people of the world. We've been taken out of the world so that we can be able to be set apart unto God who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So let's go to the Word of God in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1 to 8, and I'm reading it in the ESV. As I said, we're going to hear what God says about this topic of sexuality. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord that you received, that as you received us from how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification being set apart, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. Not in the passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know the Lord. That no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter. Because the Lord is an avenger of all these things. As we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness." Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. This is the word of the Lord. So from this text that we've read, this is a sentence I would like you to remember. Sexual sin always causes damage. Sexual sin always causes damage. So we're going to look at these three things. Sexual sin hurts the name of God. Sexual sin hurts the person himself or herself. And sexual sin hurts others. So let's talk about sexual sin hurts the name of God. When we read verse 3, the Bible says, For this is the will of God. It's not my will, it is the will of God that your sanctification will be this, that you abstain from sexual immorality. We have all witnessed what happens when a pastor or a church leader falls into sexual immorality or any form of impropriety. It brings disrepute to the work of God. It hurts the name of God. People start to mock Christianity and they start to mock God because we as leaders have not kept ourselves in this very thing that is called holiness. And I pray with the fear of God that this will not be our portion. I pray that we will do all we can to live in a way that pleases God. The Bible says that we will abstain from sexual immorality. So you may ask, what does the Bible mean when you say sexual immorality? If you go and study it in the Greek, this is what it says. Any kind of sexual relation outside heterosexual marriage. This includes sex before marriage or adultery, sex outside marriage, homosexuality, incest, prostitution, and bestiality. Let me state categorically that everyone is welcome in the house of the Lord. Whatever area that you may be struggling with that I've mentioned, we are all welcome in the house of the Lord so we can journey together towards holiness. If you struggle with same-sex attraction, I want to say this is home. Everyone is welcome in the house of the Lord. If it's not clear enough, I will say it again. Anyone who has challenges in this area is welcome in the house of the Lord. Let's journey together as much as we journey with everyone else. Why is it that some challenges are exalted more than others? Don't we all have challenges in this area? Aren't we all work in progress? Don't we all need to work towards holiness? Why is it that some people have to feel like they need to fix themselves first before they come to the house of the Lord? 
everyone is welcome in the house of the Lord. In this house, everyone is welcome. And just in case you think that's, that's the only thing we'll talk about, let's talk about Masithalisani. Because it seems like we talk about other areas and not others. So cohabitation, we do have people like those in the church today. You think I don't know? They are here in the church. <laughs> Cohabitating, even when we are not married, because it's economically expedient. What it means is, I, I, you know, you love one another. We know we intend to get married. But man, you shouldn't be paying rent there. I'm paying rent here. Why don't we just stay together to save money? You're fooling yourself. You, you must say, you heard it from church today. Before you know it, you say, no, no. Uh, this one will sleep in that other bedroom. This one will sleep in the other bedroom. Before you know it, you're both on the couch. Before you know it, you're on the bed. Do not fool yourself. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Greg. Marriage register is free. Why am I saying this? The Word of God teaches that marriage is a process with three steps. It is the involvement of the parents. It is the blessing of God. Go and study scriptures. The signing of the register is a contract to say, like you enter covenant, we're entering into covenant. Let me repeat again. The involvement of parents, tick. The blessing of God by any representative of God here on earth, tick. And then the signing of the register. Did I say anything about a white wedding celebration? So where did that come from? It's not from the word of God. So we have these excuses. We have to pay Lobola. We have to do a white wedding. So we're just going to call habit until we've saved enough. No. It should not be that way for the children of God. We follow God's blueprint. Involve the parents. And then the signing of the register can be done after you receive the blessing. We've done this so many times. Ask Pastor Greg, Pastor Lereko. We've prayed for people in the prayer garden here. They say we're in the process of paying Lobola. Once the parents have given the thumbs up, we'll bless you and you are married. There's accountability. But if you just go and do it yourself and then later we find out that actually you're living together, how do we help you? I can say more. Time does not permit me. Paul is not calling us to moderation of our sexual impulses, but to total abstinence outside the marriage bond. The Bible said abstinence. When we abstain, it doesn't mean that we are just meddling and when we think, no, the grace of God is sufficient for me. Let me remind you, Titus 2.11 says, the grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness and unrighteousness. So the grace of God is there before you sin. Don't tell me that God's grace is only there after I've sinned. Before you sin, the Holy Spirit is there to convict you, to stop you from falling into that sin. That is why he's called the Holy Spirit. Sexual sin hurts the name of God, the sinner, and others. So the last two, I'll go quickly through them. Sexual sin hurts the sinner himself or herself. Verse 4 and 5. That each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. I like the fact that it uses holiness and honor, being separate, being put aside for God and honoring God with our lives and our bodies. Not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. We are not of this world. We need to be different. Let me remind you, 1 Corinthians 6, 18, the Bible says flee from sexual immorality. The only sin in the Bible that the Bible says flee, run away, is sexual immorality. Why? For this reason. All other sins a person commits outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? The temples of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, Flee evil desires of youth. As young people, flee evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, along with those who call on the name of the Lord with a pure 
heart. Pure heart, purity of the heart. Because purity starts in the heart and it flows out in holiness. I like this phrase, make a covenant with your eyes. If you really want to be pure, make a covenant with your eyes that you will not look at a woman lustfully, look at a man lustfully. Jesus said when you just, just do that, doing that, you've already sinned in your heart. When I was a young person at high school, before I gave my life to Christ, I had sexual relations that ended up having serious consequences. And I'm grateful to God that after I got saved, I was able to be discipled in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, flee evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with others, along with those who call on the name of the Lord. I'm grateful to God that the healing process began from that time that I was able to keep myself until marriage. But as someone said this morning, not only do we keep ourselves until marriage, even beyond marriage, I'm still keeping myself for a one-wife marriage. Like I said, we need to lead by example. So we have freedom of choice, but we don't have freedom of consequences. So I made my choices, but there were consequences. You may have heard Pastor Roger say that before. Sexual sin hurts the name of God. It hurts you, the sinner, yourself, and it hurts others. Sexual sin hurts others. Verse 6 says, And this also is God's will, that you will never cheat in, the met, in this matter by taking another man's wife, because the Lord will punish you terribly for this, as we have solemnly told you before. I don't know how clear should the Bible be. Adultery is wrong. As soon as you step outside God's bounds of marriage, you are in big trouble. The consequences are dire. When we step out of God's plan, it hurts our spouses, our children, our families. So many other people get affected. Many people today are still wrestling with the sins of their fathers. Let me explain what that means. Maybe someone in your family opened the door to sexual immorality. And this has plagued your family for many years and generations for many years. Can you have a resolve and say, I am going to close the door and the buck stops with me. The generations that are to come after me will not have to suffer the same pain that I have suffered. Can we say the buck stops with me? Let that be our resolve and say it's going to end here. Someone open the door and someone should close the door. Let it be you. Stop the cycle of pain. Some of you may say I was sexually abused when I was young. Or maybe I was exposed to pornography and I lost my, my, my purity. I lost my innocence just watching pornography. Let me tell you, you can stop that cycle today. It is possible because we have the Holy Spirit to empower us. Sexual sin hurts the name of God, hurts the sinner, and it hurts others. So verse 7 and 8 says, For God has not called us for impurity, but to holiness. As Christians, I mean, go read Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3. It says, As children of God, this must not be mentioned among us. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. It's amazing. He speaks about sexual purity, but he says, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. The Holy Spirit, holy is there to help us to remain holy before God. Here's a question I want to leave you with. Are you disregarding God and what he has instituted? It's a choice. Are you disregarding God and what he has instituted? As the Bible says, whoever disregards this, disregards not man but God. So all I'm saying, it's, it's not my will, it's God's will. So as we get ready to have the panel come up, I want to encourage you to reflect on this and say, God, what are you saying to me with this word? Am I going to stop the cycle of pain or am I going to be one of those that will perpetuate this problem 
and the next generations have to fight the same battles that we should have won. Let's welcome our panel. We have uh, Mzamo, Nevilia, Annie. Let's give them a round of applause. Sabi. On that sober note, I'm so sorry. I know that uh, it's quiet today because we're going there. <laughs> I'm going to ask our panelists to introduce themselves and say what they're doing or saving with their gift and talents in the marketplace. Marketplace ministry is also ministry. It's not only pastors who are called, right? So they are marketplace ministers. They will share what they're doing in the marketplace, and then they will share how they're saving with their gifts and talents here at Every Nation Rosebank. Over to you. Morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Mzamo. I'm a husband to one wife. Um, Keep it that way. Uh, yeah, do my best, do my best. Um, <laughs> I am a voiceover artist by vocation and also uh, produce podcasts. And on weekends, I serve here in AM2 and I also serve on the Discovery, Discovery groups. groups on Saturdays. So, so yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Navelia, married to this one man. And we run a content production company together. And I also work at a nonprofit called Heartlines. Serve proudly in AM2 as lay leaders and people who just make new people feel welcome. Amen. Right. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Siba. I work as a media manager for a post-production company, and I serve in the production team here at church. Awesome. Good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Samaria. I'm 33 years old. I'm a quality assurance manager for a corporate chemical company. And by profession, I'm a biochemist. And I've recently just uh, reconnected uh, in the evangelism team at Every Nation. So, awesome. Yeah. Good morning, everybody. My name is Annie, and I'm single. And I'm a. I think I'll get that reaction. And I'm. <laughs> I'm the CEO of a non-profit company called The Hope Factory and a for-profit company called SICA, South African Institute of Chartered Accountants Enterprise Development. Um, and yeah, I, I love um, what we do is actually work with entrepreneurs and grow entrepreneurship in the country. Excellent. And yeah, at church, I, I enjoy the prophetic. I love worship and I help wherever I am needed. And just love the house of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Annie. Awesome. I like how you all responded to how Annie spoke about the, the, the season of being single. Because it's purposeful singlehood. You don't wait until you get married. While you are still single, God has called you. And you'll hear more from Annie just now. So the first question is, why is sexual purity important to you as a single person? And we're going to start with Siba. Uh, so for me, uh, growing up, my, my parents divorced when I was 13. Mm -hmm. So I thought, sure, Lord, one day I want to be a good husband. Mm -hmm. So I want to keep myself pure for you. And your Bible says that our, our bodies are a temple. So, Lord, I just want to please you and honor you, Lord. But um, fast forward to, to varsity, when I was hanging around uh, bad company. So it's true when, <laughs> so it's true when they say uh, bad company really corrupts a uh, good character. Yeah. So I started getting this, this pressure of, hey, chief, what's your story? Because <laughs> yeah. hey, now we, we're not sure about you. Yeah. So now I thought, oh, okay, I need to prove myself. <laughs> so I decided, oh, okay, I'm just going to have sex now. I'm just going to indulge in this thing. Yeah. And I did it, and I remember feeling so guilty. Sure. And I thought, sure, Lord, but why am I feeling guilty? And I thought, ah, yeah. oh, I'm just going to get over it. I kept on, and I just continued to feel guilty. And I started hearing the Lord saying, Siba, what are you doing? This is not who I called you to be. Come on. And I thought, sure, Lord, now I feel terrible. Like, terrible, terrible. 
And I think had I continued, I think I would have committed suicide because of the guilt that, that I felt. And the Bible says, um, I place before you life and death. Um, choose life. Come on. So when I had sex outside, outside of marriage, um, I was choosing death yeah. because that alone was just planting um, a different seed. Because now I started looking at women differently. Um, I started seeing them as, as an object. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Siba, for sharing so vulnerably. Let's go to Amy. Why is sexual purity important? Because we are a royal priesthood. When Peter 2 verse 8 speaks that we are a royal priesthood. And so I am royalty. You are royalty. Amen. I'm a daughter of the Lord. I'm a daughter of the house. I'm yeah. a daughter of God. You are a son and daughter of the house. Amen. And thirdly, that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so we want to be pure vessels through which the Holy Spirit can minister to this world. Uh, I know that I have often... I, what has kept me single is, I mean, kept me pure, is knowing that God has a calling on my life. And I don't want to do anything that would short-circuit that calling yeah. on my life. And the quickest way to short-circuit is to, to kind of fall yeah. into sexual sin. Yeah. But God restores, for those of us who, who have maybe fallen in that area, that he can restore you. Good. But he calls us to be holy as he is holy. Amen. Thank you so much, Annie. Let's go to Sam. Yeah, so I think for me it was actually the first reason was to, to honor God uh, with my body. And, you know, we all know that God is love, but God is also holy. Yeah. And, you know, it's written throughout Scripture from cover to cover about abstinence and, you know, uh, sexual imp impurity. And as Pastor Sai mentioned in uh, First Thessalonians, it talks about uh, it is the will of God that you abstain from sexual impurity. And we often pray in our prayers, you know, Father, let your will be done, not mine. But do we follow through with that? He's actually telling us what his will is in some sense. So, and going back to 1 Corinthians 6, 18 to 20, our bodies are literally a temple of the Holy Spirit. So we don't want to do anything to defile that and, you know, just sanctify ourselves and present our bodies as a living sacrifice to the Lord. Amen. Thank you for sharing that. And now we're going to go to the marrieds. Let's start with you, Nivilia. How has your sexual purity while you were single impacted you and also in marriage? So maybe start with growing up, I was told, um, don't have sex because you can fall pregnant, you're going to get an STD. So um, That's the fear of the Lord. That's fear-based, yeah. <laughs> It's a, it added season in his life, right? <laughs> then you go a bit older, and then it's um, how far is too far? Yeah. Then the question changes, and then it's okay, as long as everybody's got their clothes on, um, it's okay. So I think that falls into the realm of the, uh, the letter of the law, where we want to just go as close to permissible as possible without you know, the full picture of Scripture. Um, at some point, uh, it also became... Ach, don't worry what you're going to do. God's going to forgive you. His grace is there. I think that's a misappropriation of grace, uh, personally, and a license to just get into all sorts of messiness. And then at some point, I was exposed to books and teachings around purity culture and how to save yourself for marriage. And the promise in most of these books was, save yourself. It's virginity. It's a gift you give to your husband. And when you do this on the other side of marriage, you're going to have this perfect marriage. You're going to marry this. You're going to have an amazing life of intimacy. You're going to have 2.5 children. And life will be amazing. And so, and I think that feels like a transactional reason yeah. for keeping it. Now, maybe there's, there's a point for each of them at certain places. Like, I'm glad that as a 13-year-old, my parents said, you're going to get an STD. That was fine. That was enough. Not that I knew what an STD was. But, um, <laughs> but I think what really helped was the point when eventually, through the Holy Spirit and through teaching, got the revelation that uh, my purity on the other side of marriage was an act of honoring God. Yeah. How can I honor God with absolutely everything, including, including my physicality, including my sexuality? I mean, one of the speakers has already mentioned it. That for me was a far stronger impetus because 
going into marriage doesn't mean that you get saved from everything yeah. on the other side of yeah. purity, as you mentioned, Pastor Sai. But when you're walking with how do I honor God with my body, it makes it a little bit easier when you walk onto the other side. In terms of what it meant for us um, getting married at virgins, which we're very grateful by the grace of God, by the grace, <laughs> by the of, grace God, of God, uh, is that it then allowed us to fumble our way into marriage together because nobody knew nothing. Um, and we had to rely on each other and the help of the Holy Spirit. For me as a woman, and I say this with due respect to all young men, it was such a gift knowing that I was with someone who was able to trust God in the area of his purity on the other side of marriage yeah. because it gave me a bit of a reassurance that this guy is serious about trusting God yeah. as we go into marriage. Great. I think for me it was really around, um, first of all, just because you get married uh, a virgin doesn't mean that you're a sweet Gonyana, right? <laughs> doesn't mean that you've, and by that I mean like you're, you're amazing, you're pure, you've, because it's, that's a lie. Because we grapple with things, even on the other side of marriage, yeah. that are like, ah, but Lord, I did the things, I didn't yeah. do the thing, but why am I going through this while I'm married? But it's entrusting in God. So one of the things that really helped for me while I was single is some of the decisions that I've made. Um, Pastor Carol said years ago that salvation is a set of decisions that we make. We maintain our salvation. We're saved, but we, we maintain it, right? And similarly with our purity, okay, I make the decision that... I'm going to do this. Yeah, we may stumble, it may be tough, but we, we continue to make that decision. Um, I think one of the lies that uh, the world tells us is that we are only sexual beings. That is not the case. The, sex being, the sexual being part of you is a small part of who you are. Being a married person, I now know sex is not the whole part of marriage. Done. <laughs> you know, I was just like, ah, come on, Navilio, didn't we get married to, to do more of this? And it's, no. There's more to life. There's more to life. <laughs> there's, you know, there's, there's more to life. But, but even is, it's, it's something that I grappled with. And even now as a married person, sexual purity is something that I grapple with. Yeah. As, as a single person, one of the decisions was being with friends who are like-minded, who would help me, who also stumbled and fell along the way. But we decided we are going to walk a certain path. As a married person, I have friends like Ulereko, Nduluma, recently, I remember like, like two or three months ago, I had to tell him something and he was laughing at me, but I felt like I could tell him something and it actually like, it was a place of accountability. And like, that's what keeps you. That's what keeps you. But if you've fallen into pornography, if you've fallen into, you've, you've had sex before you got married, there is redemption. Amen. It's God will not leave us high and dry. That's good. He will not leave us high and dry. Well said. Um, there's hope for all of us. There is hope for all of us. So we're going to go to the next question, um, and I'm going to start with you, Siba. How has the world's way of living influenced Christianity today, how we live today? Um, sure. So I come from a Xhosa background, and... <laughs> And when you're from the mountain uh, for, for your initiation, yeah. they, quick, they quickly tell you that, uh, okay, chief, now you're a man. Yes. Wow. You need to test your new machine. So if, so, if you don't, <laughs> so if you don't know your identity, if you don't have your foundation, yeah. you'll fall very quickly. Now, you need to read between the lines there, because some of you may not understand what Siba just meant. You go to the mountain, you come from the mountain, and now society, culture tells you that you can sleep around. You can basically go and sleep around. And as Christians, remember, we have to be set apart from the world and the world's way. So I'm going to ask Annie and Sam uh, this next question. Um, it's very important for us to know how to continue to live a pure life. So what are the challenges of keeping yourself sexually pure? So for, it is the whole thing of what you feed on, what you look at, what you hear, what you expose yourself to. And so that eye gate, the ear gate. And so we do need to actually 
you know, there's a line, but you want to go very, you don't want to go close to the line yeah. and see yeah. how close I can get to yeah. that place. You know, I want to stay far away from that place. Mm. And what has helped me, because I've had a longer season of singleness maybe, and I am trusting for a, a husband, by the way, Let a godly so man, <laughs> leader. So, But what has helped me in that journey is having people who I can really share with, yeah. good friends. One of my good friends is here today, Nana, and I have a few others that... I really can be vulnerable with, and I can share with them. I have people in this, uh, I have a connect group, uh, Zale and Kath, I'm, I'm, I'm part of their connect group, and I have mentors as well, spiritual mentors, and times when I've been struggling, I've asked them, I've, I've been vulnerable, I've asked them to pray for me. And so that is actually how you can deal with those challenges. But I think that's the whole thing, is that it's, it's purity throughout, right? Community. We do it in community. Yeah. We're a priesthood of believers. It's not just one priest. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Sam, you go. Yeah, so I think for me the mo most difficult thing is, you know, we live in a, such a fast-paced environment where society and culture encourages sexual impurity. And, you know, uh, for me, I think... Yeah, and, and if you abstain, you know, you, as, as, as a single, as a young single female, you know, should you abstain, you might be considered uh, the odd one out or you might be judged in some way or critiqued in some way. But I think at the end of the day, it has to come down to being grounded in the word of God. That's number one. And having a constant relationship with the Holy Spirit to empower you to actually have that self-control to, to overcome these obstacles daily. So, yeah, I think that's, that's been my biggest challenge and just empower, letting the Holy Spirit empower you every day. That's great. We need the Word of God. We need the Word of God to keep us on the straight and narrow. And any touch on the Connect Groups, um, I cannot remember a time in my journey with the Lord where I've not been in a Connect Group because I need other men and women to keep me, to hold me accountable on this journey of Christianity. So we do it better when we do it in community. We hold each other accountable. Yeah. And, and so something, that, something, that really, sorry, something that really helped me throughout my journey was when I did struggle was I did notice that I would go into a fast. And that would kind of discipline my flesh in some way. Right. So uh, if you are struggling, maybe just uh, you know, take it into consideration and ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. Beautiful. Fasting is the way to go. The Bible said some things will not go out except through prayer and fasting. So you may need to get into that discipline. The next question will go to you, Mzamo, and then Nebilia can add to it. How does your spiritual intimacy, spiritual intimacy with God, and emotional intimacy impact physical intimacy? Yeah. Uh, I think those first two, um, spiritual intimacy and emotional intimacy, they do heighten physical and sexual intimacy, right? Um, it's almost like when those two are, are going at it, it feels like you're firing on all cylinders, especially when you convert. Um, but the thing that I will say, though, as a married person, I've discovered that you can't fill the void of spiritual intimacy with physical intimacy. Yeah. Something as like, even as I realize my wife be like, homie, you're trying to get more out of this than you should be. Mm. Um, so it's also something that as much as uh, spiritual intimacy and emotional intimacy are great when they're together and they, they, they convert, but like you can't, you can't substitute one for the other. You have to be doing all of them. Uh, sexual intimacy in its place is amazing, but it cannot supersede intimacy with God. Amen. Well said. We had a marriage encounter weekend last week, and they spoke. One of the sections was about longings, and I think um, you know when you when you've got an unmet need or a longing for emotional or spiritual intimacy that wasn't met when you were younger, it often plays out as Mzamwe said in a heightened need mm -hmm. for physical affection, and it's very easily misconstrued because we don't have those healthy examples. So I think just again, maybe an exhortation to all of us, uh, whatever physical relationship you are in, hopefully a sanctified one in marriage, but no physical relationship can fill the void of the longing that only God can fill. Okay. 
do well to take the time, spend time with the Holy Spirit and say, what is really the need that I'm trying to address here? It might seem like I really need to sleep with this person, but it, it could just be, I actually just need to reconcile with a family member that I didn't get this love and affection from. Well said. Thank you so much. Before I ask the panelists to give us uh, some takeaway and some encouragement, especially for people who may find themselves still wrestling with social brokenness, I want to ask Siva this question. Siva, you mentioned when you shared your story with me that going to Victory Weekend for you was one of the turning points that has helped you to where you are today. Maybe you can unpack that. Uh, yes. So I decided to be part of the Victory Weekend, and that's where we learned about sexual sin, um, how to overcome it. And I remember Pastor Lereko leading the, the session, and he, he, he said that um, the purity um, process, um, it, it's like a goldsmith, um, how a goldsmith uh, puts the gold in, in, in fire and then takes it out again and allow that gold to basically put away the, the dirt away. Mm. So basically I was trying to say that God will be like that in us. He will make sure that he purifies us. Amen. So when we go through the fire, it is for a good purpose. God may be removing the impurities. I like the silversmith will actually continue to put the silver in the fire until he can see himself on the silver. Then it's ready to go. So when God's image is reflecting in our lives, that's when we are glorifying God. Amen. So Annie's going to start us off and we're going to go through this. Uh, the panel is going to tell us just some takeaways, especially for people who may be wrestling with sexual brokenness. Mm. Uh, just two things come to mind where Jesus saw this Samaritan woman at the well. Yeah. And it was amazing how he addressed the fact that she had had a number of husbands, but it wasn't in this condemnation. He, he kind of said, go call your husband, saying, I know where you're coming from. Sure. You know, like a prophet speaking, and he, Jesus is the prophet, that he, he spoke right into her situation. But what was so beautiful is that he shifted her attention from that sin and from that relational kind of dysfunction to worship. Come he on. spoke about true worship and that I am <laughs> the one that you worship, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so that's the first one, is turning our, those uh, from those cycles, those, those cycles of pain to the lover of our souls for pure worship. And then the second thing, one is, is around when, when the woman was caught in adultery and all the legal kind of Pharisees and the Sadducees were all saying, look, here's the law. She should be killed. She should be, you know, stoned to death. And Jesus said, those who are among you that, um, who have no sin, throw, this, throw the first stone. That's right. And of course, all the Sadducees, the Pharisees, one by one left. And then Jesus said to her, and he had every right to because he was with no sin. And he said, go and do no more. So that is our beautiful king. That's what Jesus does. Is he restores us and he says, go and do no more. Come and worship me. Amen. Come and be pure. Come and be holy as I am holy, because that is the true well of life. Beautiful. That is the water of life. You're looking in a, at it, you're looking for it in all the wrong places, but I am the well of life. I'm the one who satisfies you. That's good. Thank you, Annie. Sam? Yes, I think for me it's, you know, sometimes we have this very preconceived idea in our mind that at a certain age, uh, you would be married with the kids and, you know, X, Y, Z. And if it doesn't happen, then, you know, we feel like failures or we feel the odd one out. But I think the Lord had constantly come alongside me and reminded me that his plans and his ways are higher than mine. Amen. And his timing is different. You know, it might not be on our calendar, but he has a different timing for everything. And there's a reason why you are single, you know. Paul speaks about it uh, where he does speak about, you know, we have more time on our hands to do the work of the Lord. And there's maybe a bit more time that he wants to spend with you before bringing the right person in. So that would be number one. And I think number two is, if you have fallen, you know, Romans 8 talks about there is no condemnation to those who in Christ. So there's no shame or guilt when you do come to Christ. And lastly, I would just encourage everyone to uh, embrace a relationship with the Holy Spirit because He's the only one that can actually empower us to have that self-control and continue. Beautiful, beautiful. 
So the Bible says, uh, fight the good fight of faith. Yeah. So if you stand firm in the word, things become easier. And just be mindful of who's around you. Um, just go through this journey with your connect group. Excellent. Excellent. I think for me, when we tell ourselves, yo, this is too hard, <laughs> I'm never going to do this, you've already like tripped yourself up. This morning, we sang a song which I think we all need to remind ourselves of. He is for you. Amen. God is actually Amen. for us in the area of every part of our lives. It's mm. not like God is here, sexual purity standing there on the door. Yeah. No. God is in, within you and wants the best for you even in this area of your life. There's a scripture I wasn't planning to share, but take this up with God. Um, I don't like it, um, but I'm not even going to say when the Bible is, you know it. If your left eye causes you to sin, gouge Ooh. it out. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. We read it this week, and I was like, do you think he was, re I mean, I know he was being metaphoric, but do you think he was being literal about it? <laughs> but what he showed me was that in this area, we probably have to be a bit more <laughs> Ninja-like determined with our sexuality. For me, that has meant there are some books I cannot read anymore. Good. I know that speaks to someone here. There's some YouTube videos, there's some Netflix shows which need a thumbs down. And, and I can't go back there. My parents were amazing when I was 10 years old, when we were small, um, when whatever Santa Barbara was playing and that music would well up, they would say, get out the room. At least back then, they gave you a warning that was about that this thing was going down. They don't give warnings in the shows anymore. So sometimes your child's in the room. But it's that, that, that like determinedness to say, I will not even have a hint of this in Good. my midst. Mm. Another practical thing, because that's what this has helped me, is when God has kept it very practical for me in how the Holy Spirit has worked. Uh, about a few months ago, um, someone slid into my DMs. Um, uh, someone from... <laughs> um, Let's go there. Someone from the past, right? And I hadn't seen this person in many years. And when I last saw the person, it was like a very like struggly... Um, thin teenager who was very sweet on me so okay I go in and four or five pictures later it's like Mr. Buff four pack six pack ten pack whatever pack <laughs> biceps triceps anyway I, I said it in the first service my husband's much bigger much better much more handsome <laughs> but as I was going down the pictures by like the fourth picture of him flexing and showing how he gyms like the Holy Spirit's like, hey, girlie, what you doing here? What you doing here? You got no business being here. Good. Good. And very quickly, I had to just, whatever the number, it's delete. I know they make it sound so harsh. It's delete. It's just like delete that thing. Cut Good. that thing out. Chop out. that arm off. You've got no business being there anymore. A few months ago, I went on a business trip. Um, it was myself and a male colleague. We took another guy along because Billy Graham was radical about it. He was like, I'm not going to be alone with a member of the opposite gender. Um, we promised ourselves we we're going to go for a walk, um, a run on the promenade, because in promenade is amazing. The three of us are going to go. We're going to be fit. The one colleague um, gets ill, can't go with us on the morning. Guys, everything in me needed to run, hey? I'm like, I needed to go and run on that promenade. I'm a girl from the coast. I needed that coastal air. The Lord said, you have no business being on the beach with another woman's husband Ooh. just strolling around here. None of your business. Yeah. So maybe let's just trust the Holy Spirit. He does help us good, before good, it. Good. And let's take him at his word. Let it be solo. Amen. We'll see how Zama follows from that one. All the best. <laughs> um, you know, when we're, either we're looking at sexual, sexual purity, yeah. dealing with sexual sin, and also I love that you, you pointed out that sexual sin causes um, causes damage yeah. to you. You think I'm just watching the thing just for me. It's for, it's for me. Yeah. But it, it damages you because you still have to be someone's father, someone's Correct. brother Correct. down the line. Yeah. So even as I look back, I'm like, man, I shortchanged myself. Even as, as, a, as a young person, wow. I, I cheated myself. Yeah. You know, so, so there's that. And what I feel is like when we look at, especially this area, 
when the enemy tests Jesus in the desert around, are you really the son of God? Yeah. Um, turn this brick into, in, into, into, into bread. bread. Are you really the son of God? Jump off this tower. What the, what the devil is doing is testing his identity. Mm. And sexual purity is a question of our identity. That's right. What do we believe? Mm. Who will we believe? Yeah. Um, so it's not even a question of what will keep you sexually pure. No, it's a case of who will keep you sexually pure. Yeah. So it's not something that you have to do on your, on your own, right? And then on a practical note, social media algorithms are not your friend, guys. Um, uh, in this week, I was scrolling through my Twitter timeline and then there was a suspect tweet of someone I don't even follow. And I was like, ah, okay, I don't want to see this stuff again. I go in there, uh, not interested in this tweet. The message Twitter sends you is that we suggested this tweet to you because of um, tweets you've liked or retweeted Ooh. in the past. And I'm like, but I only retweet sports and a joke here and there. What the heck is this? Social media is not trying to help you stay sexually pure. Whoa. It's not. It's not. So we need to watch our diet. Yeah. Um, I'm talking to myself here. We need to watch our diet. We need to walk in community. That's where the strength is, guys. Good. Because it's, it is about going, going it together. It's not about going it alone. It's not about the strong man. It's the one who goes with others. Excellent. Let us all stand. Let us all stand. So many takeaways. Uh, but uh, I'm glad that youth and young people are with us. Please remember this. I'm not looking at the young people. Social media algorithm is not your friend. It's not your friend. The enemy will do everything that he can to take us out. When you read Psalm 24, the Bible says, Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? That's heaven. The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. You want to make it to heaven? The one with clean hands and a pure heart. Matthew 5 verse 8, the Bible says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Purity starts from the heart, flows out in holiness. If the heart is not pure, your life will show. So I want to just challenge all of us to go and deal. Go and deal, otherwise next year this time we'll be at the same place, dealing with the same problems. Father, in the name of Jesus, this morning we pray that you'll do a deep work in our hearts. Lord, we know that revival is coming, but revival will not come unless we, the children of God, are not the first ones to repent and turn away from our wicked ways. How will you heal the land if we are still living like the world, Father God? Lord, we pray that this morning and the weeks to come, Lord, as we do this series, Father God, hard as it may be, we do this because we are yearning to be holy like you are holy. We are yearning to be pure, Father God. You've challenged us in your word to come out of the world so that we can be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Father, thank you for this panelist, Lord God. We pray a blessing upon them. We thank you, Lord, in the way that they have shared that you'll protect them, Father, from any harm of the enemy, Lord God. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.